0: is my subject my subject is the Christian worker and I wanted to just talk a little bit about some things that happened uh, uh, brother Robert was singing the song these song every song and everything that was done I think has been done really by the orchestration of the Holy Spirit without a doubt we are living in a time when spiritual warfare has in my view been ramped up and it's like we noticed that with pastor Stan and and uh, Pastor Jackson was with us, but uh, we noticed that on this last trip we took to West Africa that spiritual warfare is at another level, but what the Holy Spirit revealed to me was that uh, the spiritual warfare has ramped up, not because the devil is so formidable, but it's ramped up because God has raised us to another level of understanding and of moving in the spirit. So, you know, when you get closer to the battle, you know, there's more firing at you. And as I said to one of the services, just because you get shot doesn't mean you've been a bad soldier. And so those of us who are going through some difficulties and we wonder, well, where is God? I mean, God's where he's always been. He's for you. And he is also in you. And so you don't have to wonder where God is, just where are you with God? That's the question. So just keep believing and keep having faith in God. Because you're going to, if I could have had time to get through my 26 verses you know, you know, then I would, have been, I would have told you. So what I'm going to do is promise you I'm going to share more. I'm going to take up from where I leave off today, and I'm going to share more with you on Wednesday because there's some things I think you want to know as a Christian worker. It's, it's not a very good title in a sense, the Christian worker, but that's what the Holy Spirit woke me up and said, the Christian worker. And I said, okay, I'll write it down. And I did. Thank you. You're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've changed my mind. <laughs> but, but when we sang the, the lyrics, most beautiful, dearest father, closest friend, most beautiful. And he says, I want to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. There is an understanding we have of God where the Holy Spirit invokes a, 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 and calls for a response. And we should say things like this. I want to dwell dwell, dwell here forever. That is in the place where God has you. And then we were singing. He said, one thing I desire, only this I seek, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. This is my posture laying at your feet. Oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. And I would like for us, regardless of what the enemy is doing, is to have the resolve that we are going to stay where God has placed us, and we will not be moved we will not be moved. Amen. Does anyone remember the song um, "I shall not be moved just like the trio right by the waters, I shall not be moved," and that is you are going to be steadfast, remain steadfast, regardless of what the enemy is doing. He is attacking our families. He's taking cheap shots, but remain steadfast. Now, I will tell you what I, I said to, I think, the first service. I was reminded of of Colonel Kemp, br- Brother Jerry, who was a 30-year Marine, uh, CEO of many Marine bases, a pilot, fighter, pilot, and all of that. He was a, a, such a blessing to us when he was here. He was, he, he was a, a blessing to us, I'll leave it at that, uh, while he was here and passed away some years ago. But he was telling me about a story once when he was in war and he had had an assignment to go and deal with the enemy in a particular place. He and his squadron, he was a squadron leader, and he took his plane and, and the enemy was waiting on him. And they shot his plane up so badly, and bullets were going everywhere, barely missed him. It's like on this side and on that side, but he was in the middle, uh, obviously the middle of God's will. So he, he came back, and so his, the troops that he was leading, or the, the pilots he was leading, leading said, uh, uh, Major, uh, Major Kemp, what, what do we do? Do, do we, we want us to turn back? He said, man, I know you're under fire, but complete your mission. What what a glorious words. I know you're under fire, but complete your mission. And I say to the church of Jesus Christ, I know you're under fire, but complete your mission. It's imperative. And the song that we sang in the offertory was by our our sister, Sister Anne Guzman. She's got the name Guzman. And uh, ella habla espanol. Poquito. She says, poquito. But, but, but I want to say to you, when you were singing that, I am walking in your victories, like the Holy Spirit said. Okay, I'm going to confirm that I wanted you to share these things. I am walking in your victories, is what she said. And then she said, You know my name. You hold my hand. And walking in his victory is how you overcome. You don't have your own victory. It's not for you to say, oh, I'm strong, I can do it, I can do it. You know, like little kids, little kids like that. I do it myself. Yeah, you, you do it yourself while mom and dad are watching you and helping you. And so I do it myself. So you and I do not have victory apart from Jesus Christ. We don't have that. And the, the song says, you know my name. But it, the song is designed to give you comfort. That, that you know my name. Uh, yeah, you know. And it's like, God, you know where I am. And then he says, you hold my hand. And the imagery that I got from that was m- myself being a boy, a little boy. And I remember always, you know, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit brings things to your remembrance that you, you, didn't, you never thought about. And then suddenly it bring something to your memory and give you a vivid picture of it. And I was always looking when I would walk with my dad. I was always walking to his right. And that's very significant, but I don't have time to get into the, uh, the, the, the things about that, the nuances about that. But I was always reaching for my dad's hand. And especially when the dogs were barking and growling. You see, there are two types of dogs. They'll bark and growl. And then there's the one who pretends to be your friend. And he'll just bite you without a warning. Two types of dogs. And two types of people. But I remember holding my dad's hand at once, and once. When I held his hand, then I felt secure. I would hold his leg and I felt secure. And you and I have that right with God. We We have a right to... To walk in the victory of Jesus Christ, the overcoming victory of Jesus Christ, the one who has never been defeated, who by himself defeated the hosts of hell. God, I don't know if that moves you, but by himself. You mean one person can beat a billion? Come on. I want to follow him. He, billions uh, perhaps, billions of fallen angels, he beat them, defeated them by himself. And when he took on uh, the, weakest, the, the weakest moment of his existence was when he suffered death. And in the weakest moment of his existence, he overcame Satan in the zenith of his power. If that doesn't speak to you, I don't know what to say. That's whose victory you're walking in. So what he says is that at my weakest I am stronger than he is. Why, in myself? No, in his victory. That's how that works. That's how that works. And so we need to inculcate this truth into the people of God because we are living in perilous times, difficult times, harsh times. And I want to say what is. One of the things that informs me today is that we're living in a time when lawlessness is pervasive Lawlessness, and of course, I—I am I'm thinking uh, specifically about what is going on in, in uh, the world with the Ukraine, with Ukraine. And you may say, "Well, Pastor, I haven't heard you talk about this." Part. No, I'm bothered about all the places in the world. I'm concerned about every place in the world where despots are doing the craziest thing. I'm concerned even about America, where, where we, we now sometimes feel like, you know, like Alan Vincent's Dad Alan Vincent, who told a story about the difference between a kingdom mentality and a village mentality. It, it stuck with me to the place that I shall never forget it. And he was always a kingdom preacher and a kingdom preacher. And... Um, as a matter of fact, I was a kingdom preacher when I met him, but I was enhanced by his preaching too. And so he was talking about how in England, uh, in the days of Roman Empire it was so strong, and it was the strongest empire on the on the planet, and they were cruel and powerful like iron. They could just break things into pieces, and they had attacked the the British Isles. and And uh, he said the Brit- the He said the Britons were, of course, he was British. He's not that he not that his. Statement is suspect, but he said they were more formidable fighters, and he said, uh, but and they could not win. But one of the generals, the general who was leading, I don't quite remember the name, but he he was leading uh, the the, uh, the battles there, and uh, he had the idea. In order to defeat them, he was going to have to distract them. So what he did was he set fire. When they would engage the the, the British, uh, uh, the Britons or uh, the people on the island, the English, they were were so formidable that they couldn't push them back. And so what they they did was to set fire to their villages. Uh, That is, now that means the enemy wants to set fire to wherever your passions are. That's, that's how, what we need to extrapolate from this. And so he says, those guys were more formidable than the enemy, but, but they thought their obligation was to protect their village. And they would leave the battle And protect their village and then leaving the battle that that was ordained for them, then uh, they were defeated. Why were they defeated? Not because the enemy was really so much stronger. They were defeated because they never understood the kingdom. They never understood the purposes of a kingdom and that we are all one. And the enemy is, is, is doing what he's doing. Now, what am I, why did I say that? Because now I'm talking about the Christian worker. I haven't gotten to the meat of it yet, the heart of it yet, but I'm, I'm bringing you there. Why did I say that? I said that because there are professing Christians who will leave the God-ordained battle and go to where the enemy is setting fire, to where their hearts are, their passions are. And this is what we want to combat. And, and you say, well, Pastor it man. Every time you come, you're talking about this in one form or the other. That's because it's still there. It hasn't gone away. It's still there. These things are still there. And many, much of our conduct is still there. Are you with me? Yeah? Okay. Some of you are a little tired, I know. You, you've been here all day. So, so let's look at, at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 26. Now, look, I'm going to tell you beforehand, I'm going to take five more minutes of your time. I've got six and a half minutes. I'm going to take five more. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 26. I, I, in the first two services, I only got to two verses. I was saying to myself, I can do all 26. I'm, a, I'm an optimist. Paul is talking to Timothy, his spiritual son. And I get a lot of comfort from this because as a dad, um, I, I married my wife. And um, w- we were almost five years before we had a child. And we were trying and wanted a child. And we had, it, w- it was about five years. And, and uh, when, I, when Ginger was born, I was so happy. I can't tell you. <clears throat> kind of crazy you. 48 years later, 49 years later, still chokes you up. You know, it's kind of crazy, right? But I was so happy. And then a couple of years later, Marcus was born, and I just wanted to be their dad. And I just wanted to, I, they were the only kids I wanted, to, just wanted those kids and just be their dad and love them. And then God did something unsuspectingly. He gave me a whole huge number of spiritual children and sons and daughters and I, I love them so much and I love them like they are my own like they are my biological and so this is the imagery that I find here with Paul Paul is talking to Timothy Yeah you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He, he, he. This is an emphatic statement, a statement of emphasis. This is what he wants this young man to receive because he knows that he's going to be under fire from the enemy. Because the enemy had an intent of stopping the church. And he has an intent now of stopping the church. I don't know whether I said it in this church or the last, but... But the one reason i 'm so passionate about this what 's going on in the world is because it speaks of Ezekiel chapter chapters thirty eight and, and thirty nine It gives us some understanding that this could very well be the time when there 's a culmination of all things and that God is going to, through Jesus, bring them to an end. And if that is correct, then it means that you and I are on the very, very precipice of the coming of the Lord and and also on the precipice precipice of catastrophic things happening where we need a strong, Christ-centered, kingdom-focused church because we're on the very precipice, the very edge of things. And so this is why I continually remind the church, and Paul is doing this because they are on the very precipice of terrible things happening to the church where many of their brothers and sisters were murdered, killed. We say martyred. Sounds like a sanitized word for murdered, and they were. Martyred. As a matter of fact, the word martyr and witness uh, have the same root. And so, if when you are a witness uh, for God, a true witness, it's like you are you are really in line to be martyred. Anybody want to stop being a Christian? Well, great. Thank you. So here he says, you therefore, my son, be strong. So he's speaking it not so much to him, but he's speaking it into him, to Timothy. And if you will allow the word of God, when the word of God is preached, it won't just come as it were just to your ears, but it will enter your heart and cause strength to come and cause the grace of God to come. For Paul says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he's saying that grace is found, is unmerited favor for you is found in one place not in church attendance which I want you to have yeah, yeah, but I want you to know better it's in Christ it's your position in Jesus Christ so that's what Paul is saying be strong in the grace What is? what do we mean by in the grace in graciousness so you need to be a, if you're not a gracious person then it may be that you have not fully developed as a Christian because you, it's graciousness it's also uh, a manner of Or or act um, that is um, upon the heart. It's always a divine influence. That is a manner or an act upon your heart. And something that acted upon your heart that caused the, the, the divine influence or a gift of grace. To, that is found only in Christ to come into your life. And it also means that you, you have the attitude when the grace of God is there, you are grateful. You have an attitude of gratitude. That, that's exactly what God wants from every believer. Not to feel like, well, I earned this. You know, I hear Christians using secular language like that. Well, I, I, uh, it's what I did. No, it's what he did, and it's what I received, you know. But he is the one who did it. Amen. And so the, this grace is a gift. Timothy's strength was not his own. Your victory is not your own. You, are, you, are entered, you have entered the victory of another. And so you have entered also the strength of another. Because the Christian's strength, the Christian worker's strength is only in Christ. And so then Paul says, uh, as, as he inculcates that. Uh, that's a good word. It, it means to embed in, into it, to drum it into, to, to get it into them so deeply that it cannot as easily come out or come out at all. And uh, Paul tells uh, us in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. So it, it's one of my my verses that I italicized to give support For the other verses, the main verses. And in Philippians 4.13 says, Paul is speaking, he says, I can do all things. But what is his source? You you say, I can do all things. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the strength for every believer is in Christ. My mental acuity. By the way, that word came. Thank you. I'm not smart. So, so, but, but my mental sharpness, my mental sharpness does not come because I've just studied. I read. Yes, I read. I read. I wish I had read more in my life, but I, have read the Bible over and over, over. So that's my favorite book. But, but, but that's not where it comes from. It does, yes, there is effort, but it doesn't come from my self-effort. It comes from what God has ordained for me and how, and it comes as a, to the degree that I obey him. Yeah, and so, so this comes to us uh, from God. These things come from uh, uh, to us from God. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So my strength comes from God as Timothy's strength came from God. And then he talks further with Timothy. If I go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, he says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Uh, You know, I find that this is not just a little verse that I want to go to verse 3 now. No, I don't want to go because he says to Timothy, this is how you overcome. This is how you are strong. The things that you heard from me that you have internalized. Are you internalizing the word of God? Are you internalizing what you read? Are you internalizing what you sing? Are you internalizing the preached word of God? Because the preached word of God is how God saves sinners and how he keeps us from mistakes as well. It's the preached word of God. It, 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 it just boggles my mind, um, as Paul says, that it pleased God through the foolishness of, of the word preached or, or the foolishness of preaching, whichever your translation says, uh, you know, to save people. It makes that, to me. It makes no sense except God says, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to confound people." He said, it, "It doesn't make sense if somebody's going to hell and you got to preach to him. Don't go." That tells you how bad off we are in our humanity. You're about to go into a, an eternal lake of fire, and, and you're just having fun going. To eat and somebody says, "Don't go. Stop in Jesus' name. He loves you." You know. And then you go, "Oh, okay. I guess I won't go." I mean, you know, that shows you how, how bad off we, we've been. And the Holy Spirit has been showing me uh, just how depraved natural humanity is and how he saved us out of it. When you see crazy people in the world, you can say, safely say, we, I was like that too. You may not have been to that degree, but you were like that. The reason you weren't to that degree is because of the common grace of God that kept you from that. Because if you had the opportunity, you would have been crazy too. So that just shows you how amazingly wonderful God is to save us and to give us such knowledge, such understanding, such grace. So he says to him, what you have heard from me, from me among many witnesses. So he says, Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So he's saying, I didn't tell you just privately. That's why it's important for you not to stay at home. and uh, I mean you don't, don't stay at home and say, well, I, I can read the Bible myself. I've heard people say that. I can feed myself. And they are almost always some of the weakest believers. They don't know it. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't allow us to say, uh, that's why you're messed up. No, he doesn't let us do that. He doesn't let us do that because he's still working with them. Listen, you can get some things from home, but have you ever seen some clothes that were made from somebody who thought they knew what they were doing? (laughs) Homespun. Yeah. I've seen some of that. I like buying my my clothes from the the clothing store. You know, because I can imagine what I would have done. Are you still with me? And that's how you look too in the spirit. You look just kind of made up, all right? So you don't stay at home. Paul says, you've heard these things among many witnesses. He says, so I had a public declaration of the truth of God. I publicly declared the truth of God, and there were a lot of folks who can vouch for it. And this is what we want in this day. Is to publicly do that, and he says, "Now what you have heard, even personally and privately, but publicly, what you have heard, commit these to faithful people." The Bible says, "Faithful men." There was a men, a male-dominated world at that juncture, and now it, it, we still kind of, some people rather, want it to be a male-dominated world. But that's not the last days ministry. The last days ministry is not a male-dominated world. It is a male. It's a, a, a time period uh, where. Uh, God is by his Spirit pouring out his, his spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters, yes. uh, sons and daughters are going to prophesy. He says old men will have dreams, young men will have visions, but on his handmaids, maidens, his, his, his servants and handmaidens, he's going to pour out his spirit. And so women will prophesy, women will preach, women will teach. The, the thing is that be, be led by the Holy Spirit. And so he says, commit these to these kinds of people, men and women, who will take the gospel of the kingdom to the world. And they will be able, by the enablement of what God has given you, to teach others also. Let me finish with uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. Then he tells us, he gives us the admonition, watch. Stand fast. So what he's saying to us is that you need to be observant. Don't live and poke your head in the dirt, but be observant. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. This is his admonition. Be stationary against evil. Don't take this side or that side. Stay in the will of God. Be stationary. Persevere. That means even though things are difficult, you continue to go. Do what God wants. Be brave. And this word, this expression, be brave, is saying to guys like we, we men, be a man. You know, sometimes when we men, we, we, you know, we can't handle something and we start, you know, I, I gave an example in one of the services where sometimes in a home, uh, the male and the, the man and the woman kind of have differences that happens in homes, right? now y'all yes, say no not in y'all's home but, but let's say the people who are not here it, it, it happens in their homes and and the man and the woman have differences and they disagree on things and sometimes the men will just say well I'm leaving and I'm sure nobody here said that but outside they have I'm leaving and uh, they'll leave their children in a situation that they said was too rough for them and so I'm saying, the Bible is saying to every Christian worker, every male Christian worker, and every female Christian worker, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. So he's saying, don't you leave others behind. You stay where God has called you. And he says to us in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's told us twice to be strong. Be strong in the grace that's found on in Christ. Be strong in the Lord, in Christ, and in the power of his might. So he's saying, if you'll stay with Christ, that is, believe when everything says run and you stand stationary. He says, God will come through for you. This is what he's saying to us. And then lastly, he says... Let all that you do, everything that you do, be done in love. And what are you saying to those of us who have a lot of fire in our belly? There are those of us who are here. I know you're so docile and you're so sweet. And some of you are just like that because you're tired, it's late. (laughs) But I know there are many of us who would confess fire in the belly. I pray decades. Take the fire. Out of my belly. I'm, I don't want fire in my belly. And God says, I'm not going to take the fire out of your belly. He told me that just maybe a year or two ago. I'm not going to take the fire of your belly. Lord, please take it out. He says, no, I want you to control it. You master it. And I know there's fire in so many of your stomachs, as it were, you're in a being. And so when you see wrong, you want to go handle it, but probably mishandle it. You'll see wrong here and you want to handle it or mishandle it. And God doesn't want that because the same fire that warms you, the same fire that cooks your food is the fire that can burn down your house. So let all that you do, whatever you're doing out in the world, you do it in love, unfeigned love. Love those who are against you. Love them and care for them. Love the enemy. I've, I've been moved by, by this man, Vladimir Putin. And I'm not happy with him. And I know that there are people who are saying, save him, Jesus, save him. Well, the fire won't let me say that. As I said to the other services, I must say to you before I close. And that is, I want to get him off the road. My prayers are directed against evil men. Not that they would go to hell and stay. I don't want that for anybody, not my worst enemy. But this is what I do say to you. Whatever you do, whatever positions you take in the world, do these things in the love of Christ or or don't do them at all. I'll be back in a moment.